Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. I don't want to get into the solo stuff here because it's probably going to be, I don't know, 30 minutes at the end of this podcast. <laughs> but we can go to the Star Wars universe because Boba Fett movie. I don't know how I feel about this. Oh boy, here it is. Would you, are you, so, you know, in terms of expanded universe, here I'm going to mess this whole thing up. In terms of expanded universing, are you more excited for young Boba Fett or young Aragorn? Wow, that was not expecting that question. But you're right. Yeah, I would rather um, young Aragorn. I mean, young Aragorn is, I guess, more of the parallel with young Solo, right? Did I miss this announcement? Yeah. Are we doing a young... Yeah, that's what Amazon picked up Lord of the Rings for. Wow. Really? Yeah. How did I miss this one? I don't know, man. Um, the OneRing.net has the... like. <laughs> Like pinpointed the supposed source text that they're gonna use. The one, dude, get out of here! Love Come on, it. Nelly, you're gonna go to that website and you're gonna be like, "Oh, I've been here before." Yeah, okay. <laughs> I did, yeah you're right. You're probably right. <laughs> I don't want to linger on this too long because it's a little painful. But um, rough fantasy week for the tools last week. With a fantasy coaster, <laughs> it just brings you to such highs and such lows. Yeah, I was really really upset i had a great week and to no avail great week on the pitching side on the hitting side a dismal yeah dismal i feel like abysmal i feel like both of our pitching has actually dialed in now it's pretty close both of us are like one piece away from being dominant pitching squads yep i totally agree um i mean i've started you know we're not going to talk about trades for a couple weeks but i've started sniffing around thinking about what might be out there what i might actually need to add this guy unfaithful as always. I had to roster Danny Duffy last week to make pitching. All right, <laughs> and and he delivered, didn't he? He did deliver. He did deliver. So I I will give him that. I mean, I've rostered Danny Duffy and Sonny Gray on speculation. Like, let's turn the two of those into somebody I can actually start. Yeah, or at least someone that you're excited about. Yeah, I'm not excited about either of them. <laughs> And Michael Waka, could I turn the three of them into? I could basically turn the three of them into one ace or one like number two pitcher and feel better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. Um, I had a, I had a down hitting week two, got a little lucky um, with who I was facing, and then got really unlucky at just the wrong time. Didn't pay off. Yeah, it's the it's the head to head mission statement. That's true, but it was really a parody week for the league, so it wasn't. Um, I wouldn't say it's a disaster. Good, good, good. Yeah, no, for our, our league, at, at least. Just a little pain. On the TGFBI, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, uh, that we are a part of with a bunch of fantasy wonks, we hit fourth in our in our league and top 40 in the overall. That? And then we fell because oh, Paul Hamels. come on. Hollywood Hamels decided to... <laughs> 
Hollywood Hamels also goes in that Danny Duffy, Michael Laka, Sonny Gray list of, I'm a little worried here. Oh, yeah. A little less worried than those other names, but... Yeah. Well, he's going to get he's gonna deliver more Ks. No, it could. He could, but they could dry up at any time. <laughs> but he's, he's just so much more handsome, so we're much more excited about him. This week on the pod, we are covering yet another category in our 5x5 series. We're going to study runs. I'm going to give a quick introduction to it and give some basic numbers. Then Eric's going to do a deep dive that brings back one of our favorite tools. Ah, runs. This is my personal white whale as my strategy for the past few years has been to corner runs. My rationale is simple. Runs are a volume category, meaning it correlates extremely well with plate appearances. It's the best correlator, in fact. And it doesn't change on a year-on-year basis. So even with the home runs spiking and the juicing of baseballs, we can still predict runs from plate appearances. Here's my proof. I overlaid 2012 on 2017 and then the start of the 2018. They are all in the same place. They are, aren't they? Pretty surprising. Very little wiggle here. Um, Didn't bother to fit these because there's a little bit of a mess here. (laughs) A lot of of dispersion, a lot of few different ways that this could go. But basically, by and large, the bulk is exactly the same on this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're these are they're all trending in the same direction on top of each other. Um, It'd be super. All right, Ahab, Ahab, steer us to the next uh, next spot for fishing for runs. All right, let me give you some basic numbers to read off this plot. If you get six hundred plate appearances, you are basically guaranteed sixty runs. <laughs> well, that's honestly that's not great for fantasy, but that's good. No, that's that good is start. that is not great for fantasy. But here's the converse: if you only get five hundred plate appearances, you won't get more than sixty-five runs. That is interesting. Which is not something that I had appreciated. So all of the the high end, like there, you will see some outliers when you look at this plot of plate appearances mm-hmm. versus runs. But the vast majority of the real outliers are way at the far end. So guys with more than 600 plate appearances, once you get to more than 600 plate appearances, kind of all hell breaks loose in the fit. Okay, right. So people who are there every day and twice on Saturdays yeah. are the guys who are breaking this model. Not, I don't know who's a good example. Um, Joe Maurer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any catcher. <laughs> Yeah, or any catcher, yes. <laughs> I mean, anyone anyone down in the batting order. I mean, frankly, if you bat number nine every day for an entire season, it's hard to get 600 plate appearances. Yep. Hard to get over 500 plate appearances. Yeah, that's true. And so so you're just seeing that rear its ugly head here. So basic numbers. A great number for runs is over 100. 2007. you just glad you're here to tell us these come things. Come on, come on. All right, let Gold me give you some rod. real stuff, though. 2017 guys, 11 guys okay. did it. D. Gordon, Giancarlo Stanton, Altuve, Betts, Goldschmidt, Judge, Votto, Dozier, Blackman, Springer, Bryant. You know, absolute must-owns. Yeah, absolutely. Now, think, here's where it starts to get a little bit more dicey. I'm going to say that a good number, a fan, like a real fantasy-relevant number, is over 80. Right. Now, a lot of people coming into the season get 85 assigned to them. Yes. For runs. That's exactly Because that's why. like the, they're good, but not too good. <laughs> so... Only only 10% of the guys who got a single plate appearance last year got over 80 runs. 
and 20% of the guys of those with over 200 plate appearances. So if you limit yourself to guys with 200 plate appearances, only 20% of those got over 80 runs. Okay. Okay, so that's a hefty number. It's a pretty hefty number. I mean, that's that's a good chunk of guys. I mean, you're talking about talking about 50, 60 guys. All probably rostered. Oh, all rostered. Oh, absolutely. Those are all rostered absolutely. guys. All, I mean, you know, anybody that gets really regular playing is rostered. And this is mm, right. This is no exception. Alcides Escobar would beg to differ. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. So let me give you let me give you my minimum relevant number. My minimum relevant number here is fifty five. Okay. So that's, that's the f- here's something new for everyone. That's the fiftieth percentile. So of guys with more than two hundred plate appearances. So these are basically guys that you would consider at any you know that you would that you should be considering. Like you shouldn't consider anybody less than that. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah. and there's only there's only um, there's only 140 guys total that got more than 200 plate appearances last year. That that's pretty low. I mean, that just tells you that uh, there's a couple of things that it tells you. That tells you that you should be looking for you know your regular run contributors. You are are not going to change from year to year. Those are your basic guys that must own, and you can predict those pretty well. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to try and clean up some of your peripheral runs with with extra guys with guys that aren't getting regular um that aren't playing all season or punting for power and rbis yes and yeah that that is really true right because because and this goes right into one of the things that we've been talking about and flirting with this this season oh hello come over here which is platoon players hmm. and platoon players this is really showing Platoon players are not the guys who are going to get you runs. They are the guys that are going to get you home runs, RBIs, maybe stolen bases, I guess. Probably not. Really. Um, but they might at least be relevant, but they are going to kill you in runs. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we've been dancing around this for long enough that we're going to have to develop a game plan for how to analyze platoon players. Like I think I think we've we've sort of zeroed in on one major shortcoming in our analysis style so far, which is that we're sticking to the easy things, the guys that have a lot of plate appearances that <laughs> that have larger number statistics, and we're gonna have to push to the small number statistics. Yep. And the guys that aren't playing a lot and a little bit more of the speculation. And I just don't think we've yeah. developed the tools to look at that yet. Uh, one thing that I really like about runs is that it's amazingly correlated from year to year. So here's a plot of. Um, guys, their 2016 runs total versus their 2017 runs total. And so That's pretty good. what you yeah. see here, I've normalized it to 600 plate appearances, so I tried to get rid of guys that you know got injured or missed a significant amount of playing time. So this is just saying, you know, if they're healthy the whole time and play a whole season, you see a pretty strong relationship here. So guys that scored runs in 2016, you can safely use that as a predictor for 2017. So the the implication here being you can look at the guys in 2017 and see how they're going to do in 2018. So I think that's actually a relevant tool to use. This is actually telling us something basic that maybe you always suspected, uh, that you can use the 2017 totals to predict 2018. And this is really only true for runs. Don't try to do this for other stats. Yeah, I I would love to see how this worked with stolen bases. It it doesn't. (laughs) I I looked at it. (laughs) Um, so, you know, big takeaways, I don't, I don't know that we learned a whole lot. I feel like we put some numbers to things that we felt 
other than I would say my new favorite secondary stat for looking for runs is going to be walks. Our worst world conversation also went on too long, so we tacked that onto the solo pod in part because of some similar themes. But here's an outtake from our discussion anyway. I feel like I nailed it. Probably didn't nail it. Probably not. Because I didn't nail it. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you didn't nail it, I stand very little chance of having nailed the timing. Nail, nailing each other. Oh, boy. <laughs> you want to swing right into Westworld? Just nailing it? Whew. They, uh, they have some pretty futuristic power tools. Oh, my gosh. That was a... It's just, like a, just the thing that he can just, like, handhold around, and it shoots, like, at least eight-inch bolts. Boom. <laughs> it's boom. Like, boom. Whoa. Yeah. Michael, you and I are in the business of getting the runs for all of our listeners. And so I thought it was time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, continue. You that was right? Continue, please. <laughs> Great. Sound about right? Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was about time to go back to one of our classics. Go back to the growth charts work that we did last fall while no one was listening. You excited? <laughs> You're right, because we, we really didn't start it until after the season ended. Well, we did it. We talked about it a few different times over the course of the season and um, then really, really developed our thinking around it uh, after the season got through and then got upset and uh, kind of mothballed it. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's make it. Let's make a triumphant appearance for it. All right. So growth charts. Um the idea uh, that we batted around last season a lot was that um, you could model the growth of a, um, a counting statistic for any baseball player the same way that you would monitor the growth of a living organism. Um, and you could put that onto a growth chart, so see longitudinally, so over time, the, uh, the progression the accretion of that of each one of the statistics and plot that against percentiles of the population so other hitters so that way you can see um you know it's really easy to say okay uh who had a really great week last week i'm uh, jose altuve had a really great mm-hmm. last week last week but you know it's really hard to see in we know who the leaders are Mookie Betts is the leader in runs right now, but it's really hard to see how they um, accrued those runs over the course of the season. This is a really good way to see whether that's consistent growth, whether um, that's current growth, or whether there are some anomalies across the season that you might want to avoid or invest in. Okay, so last year we um, put together a lot of work in this. And um, one of the pieces that we presented was this idea, number one, chart the growth. And then number two, start to analyze that line, that growth line, and see then where um, where that line in uh, data space corresponded to other players within data space all right so it's that's a little bit confusing so let's kind of get into an example here mike i drew out um growth charts for you for four different players mookie Betts, chris bryant Corey dickerson paul goldschmidt these are mostly random these are excellent choices because well if you drew them randomly then they're even better because they they all four i would say all four show different things Exactly. And that's just keep on 
precedent players sometimes, and you'll get that. So we'll start with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is the leader in, in runs right now. Um, so what the chart shows is number. Number one, we have his uh, astronomical rise <laughs> in runs scored. We also have then a linear model uh, of that line, which says, you know, if this was a straight line, what would the um, linear regression equation be for that line? Which includes a slope, the um, basically per <laughs> per game, what yeah. what the uh, how many runs he scores. Then an intersect, which kind of gives a sense for how that's offset. Um, at the current or for the majority of the line from um, the origin. And then two ratings of um, kind of the fit of that line. Um, mean, mean average error and um, the R squared. What's crazy about this to me is how well this line is fit. So the R squared value for Mookie Betts is 0.99, meaning that this basically is consistent with a straight line. Yeah, exactly. And and he has a slope of 1.16. So yeah. he's scoring. <laughs> it's a disappointing game he's... that he doesn't score more than one run. Uh, yeah, he's scoring six runs in every five games. That's, that's aggressive. That is exceptionally aggressive. That's great. And as such, I have only the percentiles. Of, I don't know why I only have 90th. Uh, oh, I have 95th, 90th, 75th, 50th, and then everything under that is like we're such small sample that's really hard to even tell them apart from zero. And he is well above the line. There's a reason that we don't plot the 100% line because it does things like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really, really screws up the rest of the model. Okay, so that's enough of someone... Um, Getting his excitement about the about the next team. <laughs> uh, put away that green. Uh, get the red and blue back in. I mean, this this does say that if if the Mookie Betts owner in your league is even showing any hint of moving Mookie Betts, you gotta go get him. Yeah, and there might be leagues where that that's a possibility. And I mean, hey, even a Godfather offer if you're going for runs. Might as well. He's. I mean, he is. <laughs> Go for it. Like there, there are very few situations where a single player can influence runs, and you're seeing one of them right now. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah, we're going to talk absolutely. about you know the next guy on here. Chris Bryant is well above the 95th percentile, and he's almost half a run per game less than Mookie Betts. Yeah, yeah. Chris Bryant is his <laughs> slope, crazy. so his uh, runs per game is 0.72. So he's scoring, what is that? Uh, three runs every four games. Three and four? Yeah. Three runs every four games. Um, his, pff, he does not have a great R squared here. Uh, not as great, 0 0.95, still pretty darn good. Um, as you can see, he had, if, you could, if you're looking at this, he kind of was below that 90th percentile, made a jump um, around game. 25 to 30 and then now is consistently above the 95 percent he he is headed line. a little bit for step function world in the sense that he yeah. got behind he got ahead and now he's lagging a little bit behind now he's <laughs> I, lagging behind yep there, there's something there's something to that and i'd be curious if we looked at other 
Cubs, if that would also be true. Um, you know, one of the things that I've wondered about folding into this is is some of the team information and seeing seeing if R squareds correlate between different teammates, mm-hmm. telling you something about like is the is the team just doing better teams, yeah. um, against certain opponents? Right. Have, were they able to have that that stretch against the Royals and the White Sox and the Tigers right. <laughs> all at exactly. once? Exactly. And you could suss that out sort of back sort of backwards by just looking at his other teammates. It's a good point to go to go on. All right, next player, Corey Dickerson. Um, he wasn't supposed to be anyone this year. He has been serviceable, um, more so in the batting average and RBIs. Uh, but right now he's scoring a run every other game. He has the weight of his... Um, season is a little bit off because his intersect Mm -hmm. is at 2.71 that's crazy um all right so last i want to talk about um paul goldschmidt where have you gone where have you gone joe he is not the top three player that people had hoped for he's not top 30 player (laughs) this year right now i was going for the understatement but yes so runs, he's historically been a really good uh, run getter, especially for a first baseman power mm-hmm. hitter, kind of. Uh, but just because he's always on base and he's hitting oftentimes like third in the lineup, um, really good runs production. But this year, he's pretty similar to Corey yeah. Dickerson with more volatility. That's 0.16 MAE score actually if you told me three years ago that Corey dickerson and paul goldschmidt would be would look pretty similar in 2018 i would have been like yes Corey dickerson has made the leap he made the leap in the top top 20 <laughs> turns out it's the other way <laughs> oof yeah all right so as um as i was alluding to one of the things that's really interesting about this is now that we've got these pieces of information um we can put them into a data space we can start to analyze them together and go back to the clustering routines that i've uh really enjoyed doing to kind of just put names together that shouldn't be together etc um so i ran this this analysis this growth chart analysis for every single player that had a plate appearance i think i excluded everything (laughs) okay (laughs) um and i then i collected the r slope the walk slope so i ran this on not only did i run this for um for runs Mm -hmm. but i also ran this for walks i also ran this for hits and then i grabbed the r squared for those the linear models that are created um for those three stats and i put those into a clustering algorithm and came out with <laughs> <laughs> because there's so many players 12 clusters so this had come out this is a, a piece from what we had done for the, the uh, sloan paper that that we submitted and i had done a little bit more work mm-hmm. at that point too i had originally been looking at um the intercepts those didn't prove to be really helpful um and the um mean whatever that mae um the error metric those didn't really look 
that great. And I had had a couple more Babips and other other pieces in there. Really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, but these three really sort out together some interesting players. So I highlighted here, let's just talk about clusters, cluster number eight, mm-hmm. cluster number three, and cluster number nine. So we've got cluster number eight. Those are players that have an R slope. Again, this is about, this is basically runs per game of 0.6. They've got a walk slope of 0.4, a hit slope of 1.12, and their R squareds are all. You can kind of ignore the R squareds for our purposes here. That's really more for sorting out um, the other clusters, players into the other clusters, mm-hmm. getting rid of them from these kind of elite ones. So what does that say? That's a that's a guy who scores runs at a 90 to 95 percentile rate, walks at a much lower than that percentile, um, and then hits gets a lot of hits, gets the most hits of any of these these categories. Yeah, that's interesting. So so this is saying that the those guys that you expect to be the outlier guys um, on the run accumulation are the the ones that are getting just a ton of hits. Exactly. Okay. So even though my finding before suggested that the guys with a lot of walks that were that were dominating in walks would would actually would lead that must be saying that that's that's more the bulk less the outlier because that's sort of that's cluster three on here guys that have just a ton yes, that's of cluster walks three. and and a reasonable number of hits right and that was why i ended up going from i i went from like three clusters to six mm-hmm. to seven to eight to nine and then i jumped up to no, I did seven, whatever. Who cares the, the number of clusters? But I jumped up because these, because this was two groups, and I wanted to see what would happen once mm. that those two groups split up and what would happen. And it did, and interesting the way that it, it, that these split up. So Mike mentioned group number three. They're at um, slightly lower runs per game at about 0.58 um, rather than the 0.61, the other. Walks per game almost double at 0.6. Um, hits per game at 0.9 with pretty solid um, R squared. Yeah, interesting. So what this really, and then the, the third group, let's just go over that. Group number number nine is like um, even more extreme. They're like the junior version of cluster <laughs> eight, which is they um, runs per game about 0.48. Walks per game of 0.2 <laughs> and hits per game of 1.05. These are slap hitters. So basically that's saying that if these guys had better eyes, <laughs> they would get, you know, 0.1 more runs per game. Exactly. Yeah. Which is really interesting. That really tells you just slightly, yeah, from from walking at a not very good rate to a respectable rate. This is the difference between a... I don't know. I don't have a great example right now off the top of my head, but that's well, yeah. D. That's... Gordon versus you know like Jose Altuve, Jared Dyson, yeah, Jared Dyson. Yeah, that's a better one. The other direction. Yeah. No. Exactly. What we're seeing in this model, which is very interesting, is that there are two ways of scoring runs mm-hmm. at a very elite level. There is guys 
They're the guys that walk. They're the guys that don't walk as much, but still a respectable amount. I like that division. That feels like a natural, tidy thing. <laughs> you about ready to wrap this sucker up? Yeah, let's shoot through uh, a couple other sport notes before we get to our all-important review here. Sad news on the NBA. Sorry about the end of your season. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Now, on to the, on to the next thing. Of, let's get back to soccer. Out of nowhere. <sighs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's always sad when your prediction of a rematch of the 1986 finals doesn't come true. I don't think either side is going to get there. I don't think either side is going to come through. You got that right. Unfortunately. I was so close, so close, but I don't know. I was watching that game six, mm-hmm. and they were playing, the two teams were playing equally, and I just felt like it need, they needed to somehow find a, a way to win that game. We rarely talk about the NHL, but I just want to mention that I think it's really remarkable that an expansion team is in the Stanley Cup. Take that for days. Yeah, yeah. I know. Maybe we uh, maybe we should try and put together a Sloan paper on the NHL. <laughs> sure, why not? Let's do it. Apparently, someone was in the back office making. Some... Though at the same time, we have heard some stories about things that have gone down <laughs> visiting NHL teams. Whew. So I mean, that's that is a home court. That's advantage. its own. Yeah, exactly. That's its own strategy. You either live in Vegas or you go to Vegas, and you're like, I am gonna let loose, and uh, I have to play a hockey game. Oh no! <laughs> All right, I think that about brings us to the review session. Are you ready for this? Absolutely not. No. No, I'm not. Okay, well, let's just put the egg timer on. 20 minutes. Go. <laughs> and then we did actually talk for 20 minutes. You can check out our pod special in the next couple of days. The conversation is abridged here. All right, let's get to the really important question here. Yeah. Are you flush with time for next week? Uh, are you is are you another Lord of the Rings? Are you ready for two towers? Is it time? <laughs> Feels like so long since we watched. Oh, two Fellowship. towers is such a good movie. I'm absolutely ready. <laughs> time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah!